0: the Eat My Catfish Studios, it's time for Arkansas's number one collar-driven sports show. It's Drive Drive Time Time Sports Sports on the Buzz Radio Network with your hosts, Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer. Lock it in and get ready to dial us up. Drive Time Sports is on the air.
2: Welcome to Drive Time Sports for a Thursday. Hope everybody's having an absolutely fabulous day. Randy Rainwater is out today. I'm Rick Schaefer, be your host throughout the program, and uh, we've got guests throughout the program, including starting with Matt Zimmerman. I don't know if we have an intro for Matt. Well, he's on. He's on. Okay, we'll do it without the intro now. We don't need no intro. (laughs) They don't need an intro, do we? Okay, Matt. Hey, by the way, uh, Damon on the board, let me just say this Uh, Randy is out. For some reason, I am not connected to the caller board right now, and I'm having a hard time doing it. So when we have some calls, please just interrupt and let me know. All right. Great. And uh, I, I can get live fan feedback, so I'll check that in just a second. Matt, aren't you so happy to come on Drive Time Sports after Arkansas won a basketball game?
3: Oh, yes, Rick. It is, uh, We've had a stretch there for about three weeks where it seemed like we were coming off a loss every time i came on and so you know folks get a little they get a little frisky when the hogs are losing you know how it is so uh it it, it sure was nice and uh when we led that whole game for 39 minutes 52 seconds basically and uh the great way taylor drilled that three i think the first thing that went through my mind was i can't believe buzz called that timeout. and number two I hope we score because I don't want to have to get on drive time on Thursday coming off a fourth straight loss.
4: <laughs> so it, it
3: worked out, and it wasn't Buzz's fault. But, uh, you know, they should have guarded it better, but I'm, I am glad that he called that timeout. I do think that let us reset, calm down. I think when Wade's basket went in, the air came out a little bit out of the arena, and everyone yeah. was like a little bit, not shocked. I mean, the comeback had been happening for 10 minutes, but just the fact that you're like, my gosh, there's 7.8 seconds left. We're behind. We've led every the whole game, mm-hmm. and so I think there was a there was a little bit of shock. We might have still rushed down there and scored, but it would have been harder because the way they end up setting up their defense, it was just basically you drive down and shoot a shoot an eight footer, you know. And uh, I think it would have been harder to drive down there as effortlessly if uh, if we'd have thrown it in and took off down the floor with ten players running down the floor.
2: Maybe, but maybe they'd have still been reluctant to contest much because with 50 fouls called in the game and 73 free three throws they had to know to even touch Mark might have put him at the foul line.
3: Yeah, uh, when I saw he was officiating him, Doug shalls you know, grew up a very good referee. A lot of people don't like him. Everybody's yeah, he is a good. Oh, I everyone. think he's excellent. But I, yeah. Yes, and he is a good referee. He was not the crew chief. He's always the crew chief. But I think sometimes he gets tired of that, so they're – it was Terry Oglesby, and when I saw that name, I was like, ding, 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 ding. That's good. Because I don't know what the percentage is, but Bud Walton history from when I was coaching here, I'm sure way before me, and definitely under Eric Musselman, when the Oglesby, when you have him, uh, we, we have a very good record with him, period. He, don't, he doesn't do anything to help us. He just His style of repping, that's how we play, and we win most of our games when he officiates, and, most, and even on the road a lot of times. But we almost always went at home. I think ninety-something percent when he's repping. So when I saw that he was refereeing, I was like, "That's good," because he he will generally call it. And he was the crew chief, and you're like, "He's gonna he's gonna call it tight." And actually, the first half he didn't call it as tight as I thought he would. And Orlando's pool was the other official. He's a darn good official, and he he don't call as much, uh, but he will call some. So it was a big name crew, and uh, but it was it it fit us. We didn't have to worry about trying to figure out a way to score. We didn't have to run a complicated <laughs> offense, which we didn't, uh, because we only made six baskets in the second half, Rick. Yeah. Six!
2: One of them, them with 1.7 seconds to go, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah six baskets that. in the whole half. And yeah. But the way the game was called, we could just drive it and eat up free throws.
2: 73 free throws. I mean you got a we had Nolan on last night I, uh, and he didn't say that it would have driven him crazy, but uh, he'd have probably been he'd have probably had to walk out of the arena like he did at Texas if there'd been that many free throws. <laughs> you know, how did both coaches handle that? I I, heard, I listened to you guys and heard you say yeah. that, you know that uh Williams didn't seem to get on him much uh, even though his team huh. sent Arkansas to the foul line for 40 free throws.
3: Uh I would have never been able to do what Buzz Williams did. He stayed very calm, you know. In the first half, Ricky had this three-piece suit on. He likes to wear a vest, and he yeah. was sweating. And it yeah. was, in, and he never got on him in the first half at all. And then, of course, they're getting smacked down twenty. They're down fourteen at the half, and he came out with the cashmere sweater. He looks much more relaxed. He looks much. He looked. He was like <laughs> he looked great in the suit, but now he looked more like he could get after it more and coach. And he. The only time I saw him talking, I've seen Buzz get on referees, but he doesn't get on referees the way way most of our coaches in our league do, um, dramatically. He's more subtle, but he didn't get on them subtly. He was very good in just talking to them. Um, A couple times he wanted some clarification. They told him something, and he would just nod his head and walk away. I have never seen a guy that gave up so many free throws his team and him not I'm not gonna say fight, because he was fighting his butt off. He was coaching, he was standing up, he was running around, he was fighting. But I've never seen a guy so determined to not mess with the referee. And he did. He he wasn't ever even close to a technical. And we were we were just living at the line and anytime there was a foul against us, you know, Coach Musk was going he was going he was upset. You know, he was letting them know. I did think I thought I thought three times in that game coach might get a T. Oh um and, and luckily he didn't get one. You know, he was able to not get one. And I think that's another thing that fits well with Terry Oglesby. He doesn't call he doesn't call technicals like that. And then of course we ended up having the uh, we are still getting too many technicals. And Mackay got one where he two handed, yep. you know, he pushed the guy and they called that a contact, a dead ball technical. Well that was that was free throws for them. And then of course the flagrant foul on the kick. Um, and so for a Devo and then that was an ejection of Flagrant Two, and so we're still having a little bit of that we probably still got to watch you know but at least Must, I thought it was good he did not get a technical but we only won by one we didn't need any more technicals
2: no absolutely not and and that's where a coach has got to be under control Uh, especially the other teams coming back you give them two free throws fortunately on the Davis foul the guy missed both of them so that that didn't,
3: didn't hurt yeah, he wasn't a great foul shooter, I and mean, then he went up there. You know, I'm, you know this, uh, and I say it all the time. Right? When they go up there by themselves, it's different. You can be a pretty good free throw shooter. You get up there by yourself, you don't shoot as best. Been proven in high school, college. You know, when you're, you're when you're at the line and there's other guys lined up, that's more what you're used to. You're up there by yourself, especially on the road. You have a tendency to maybe not make both of them. He beat pricked two important ones right there.
0: Sure did. Yeah. You know,
3: and, mm-hmm. and
2: yet when you talk about. Must getting upset about the officiating when they're sending you to the line like that and you get 40 free throws maybe it's better not to say much about the officials you think yeah
3: well i'm not telling him how to coach but uh we, we no. got I, I thought we got a pretty fair whistle um i think that it was now if we'd have lost he may not have thought that but uh we won so i think he was very pleased with the officiating but you know anytime you shoot 40 that's a lot that is a lot. Now shooting 33 is a lot too. The Aggie shot thirty three. Yeah, uh, they right. didn't shoot them as good as us. But now, but who went harder to the basket? You know, we went to the basket pretty hard at stretches of that game. But A and M was a you know a rebounding machine, is what oh they always gosh. are. Yeah. And and we were we were very fortunate to only out be rebounded by twelve. An interesting thing about the game, and y'all probably talked about this yesterday or whatever, but I was stunned by the fact that I because I was looking at the stats. So we had one we had one player get one offensive rebound the whole entire game, and I remember there was like under four minutes to go in the game, and I was like, we got one offensive rebound, Chuck. <laughs> now, we had three, but, you know, two of rebounds, them were dead ball right. rebounds. Yeah, yeah, right. So, you know, there's a battle for the rebound. It goes out of bounds. It's off A&M. We get the ball. You got to give the rebound to somebody, so it's a dead ball, or, or as you said, a team rebound, and we had a couple of offensive rebounds that way, um, but Devo was the only guy that got an offensive rebound. You know, hey, you know, Chandler played 28 minutes, no offensive rebounds. Trevin 34 minutes, no offensive rebounds. Those guys are big. Makai played only 330. Probably need, probably gonna have to play more. No offense, he didn't have any rebounds. And then, uh, you know, no one else. Jalen Graham, three minutes and three seconds. Probably gonna have to play more. No rebounds. So, if if, if we're gonna rebound more, and if we're gonna offensive rebound more, Makai and Jalen, two of our better rebounders, they're gonna have to be out there. Uh, they will have to be out there more than three minutes each, I think. That's not the question of coaches, but that's just what I feel like. And um but it was a really interesting game, you know, and, and Tremont Mark was the hero. Uh, uh-huh. I was talking to somebody today, and it really made sense. I mean, you can't do this, but it's like, and he's an old coach. He coached 40 years. He's retired. He said, you might as well just took eight people off the court and had a big old one-on-one game between Wade Taylor and, 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 and Tremont Mark. <laughs> and that's kind of what it became in the second half. You know that, and... uh there were some other guys that made some plays for us. Debo made some for He got let out, and you know, Brazil made a couple of plays. Jeremiah did also, you know, but L. Ellis made some plays that were productive. But at the, at the end of the day, it was Wade Taylor versus Tremont Mark, and neither one of them missed. At the end, Wade Taylor made his shot to win it, and Tremont Mark made his shot to win it. It just so happened to be ours was the last one, and uh, it was a great battle between those two.
2: Arkansas is going to play Texas A and M again uh, at College Station. This has been a series yeah. in the SEC. They usually split. They usually play at College yeah. Station first, but they're going to play them again. Yeah. What? Why is it so hard to keep A and M off the offensive glass? Uh, it, it, really, in general, because hey, they're they're leading the nation in offensive rebounds. So it wasn't yeah. just
3: against Arkansas. Yeah.
2: Why is it Nineteen, so hard to keep them from uh, from getting offensive rebounds?
3: They, they teach it. They, they work on it. They work on no matter where you're at on the floor other than the point guard. Uh, the other four are going to the basket. When you watch them, it's like a well coach. When you're sitting there watching a high school game and you when the ball's shot and you see it's easier in a high school game sometimes to see it where there's the point guard standing at the top on offense or in the top area and the other four guys, one of them just shot the ball and the other three guys flying to the basket. And another thing, they, in a lot of schools, that sounds easy, but that doesn't happen all the time. There's Not every school has four guys flying to the glass. there will be more like, I was watching um, the Kentucky-Mississippi State game on DVR, and uh, both of them rebound pretty good. But when they shot it, very seldom were all four of their other offensive players flying to the glass. They just weren't. There was like usually three or maybe two. In A&M, they, that, that's just what they do. Those guys are going. And Anderson Garcia... There's never been a big score for them. He's a third-year guy. He wears number 11. Rick, he flies in from everywhere. And yeah. if he can't get it, if he can't get it, he's knocking it out to somebody like a volleyball yeah. player. Yeah. He, he did that all night long. This guy's leading our league in rebounding. If you'd have told me when he was a freshman, if you'd have told me last year that Anderson Garcia, I'd have been like, there's no chance. He's not going to lead them. I mean, he you know, only get three or four or five. But now they play more. He comes off the bench. He played 36 minutes. He had 12. Every game, he's having 10 or 12 rebounds. He had 12 rebounds. And this is a young man. I love this kind of player. He's 5 for 5 from the field. He don't shoot anything unless it's a layup or a dunk or right at the rim. He's not going to shoot a 10-footer. He's not going to shoot a 15-footer. He's not gonna shoot. He's just gonna, he knows what he can do. He knows he can't shoot. And he knows, I'm gonna, I'm going to rebound it. And I'm going to battle. And I'm going to fight. And I'm going to play defense. But... You know, uh, I did think that there were some guys for the Hogs that did a good job defensive rebound, especially uh, you know L. Ellis got six defensive rebounds, and Devo and Tremont, they did pretty good uh, getting in there and helping on the defensive class. So I thought L. Ellis was was huge, man, the fifteen points. And again, we always talk about Rick. You can't. This is a complex team. L. Ellis didn't even hardly hit the floor against Florida. He didn't play much <laughs> yeah. against Georgia. And so when, when I'm leaving Florida, I'm thinking, okay, we just got beat. We've lost three in a row. We're flying home. It's 70 degrees in Florida. It's minus 20 in Fayetteville. We're X and A. Wind chill. Yeah. And wind chill. Feel like temperature. It's going to be about 90 degrees different. And I know this for a fact with Coach Musselman, because that's how he coaches. And one reason he's so good is that we're on a losing streak. LL isn't playing. We're playing very little. Caleb Battle not playing or playing very very little, and one of those two is going to start on Saturday, uh, I mean, on on Wednesday or Tuesday against Texas a and There was no doubt. About it. One of them two is going to he's going to put one of them in there and say go just go play and I'm going to give you a bunch of minutes. I kind of thought it would be Battle, and uh, and then you know get there on. I went through there on Tuesday and they had a game day and I was like oh it looks like it's going to be L and I th- I thought L was very good and L has been good against Purdue, Duke. He was good against. Alcorn State. He was good against Old Dominion. Uh he, he's gotta be out there and he's the best point guard on the team. You're gonna have to key on at times and look like the best one. But I think L just gives us a little more experience and uh I don't think we win that ball game uh without without him Tuesday.
2: Well, and he did most of his scoring. I mean he had three field goals but he missed eight shots. He you know, most of his
0: free
2: at the line, deadly at the line, which made a difference. You mentioned yeah. Khalif Battle any, is, Has he just disappeared? Or, or is this, as you just said, could we expect to see him Saturday since he hadn't played in a while?
3: Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Because if you go by Coach's record over the last five years, um, he's going to play that. I just think he'll play him. Because this is not a guy that's like sixth or seventh or eighth or ninth scorer on the team. This is still your second leading scorer points per game. He hadn't played much, hardly at all lately. He still leads us and made three pointers, I believe, by five or six over Tremont. And he, and he leads the team. And I know he leads the team in three-point percentage, not counting Chandler Lawson. Chandler Lawson's like four for ten. He's like forty percent. But for somebody that shot a lot, Battle mm-hmm. still got the best percentage, and he's got the most makes. He's our second-leading scorer. He, he's going to play at some point, and I don't know if it's going to be Saturday or if it's going to be on the road against Ole Miss, which will be an important game. But I, I do think that uh, I do think he will play. I really do. I think we need him, and I think he'll help this offense because he's, he's a guy that can score twenty. And he looked like the whole month of November he would lead this team in scoring, not Tremont. And then really in the Bahamas where Tremont Mark kind of took over like that, and so. Um, but he's still our second leading scorer. I, I think he's going to have to play. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, this has no relation to what we're talking about, but um, we do like to go to our uh, National Gangster Museum in Hot Springs uh, live fan feedback hotline. So here is uh, from Drew, who lives in southeast Georgia. He says, as tough as it is being a hog fan right now, it's even tougher being a hog fan in southeast Georgia, where Kirby Smart is uh, considered uh, in highest esteem. Use the alert I don't like to use with a with a coach yeah. or any human being because there's only one God, and uh, and and he's and the Bulldogs don't stink. So woo pig, uh, it, you know it, before that game last night, and I'm not saying that was the end all cure, but um,
3: yeah.
2: things hadn't exactly been going too well lately, had they?
3: <laughs> no, you know it. Uh it has just been a struggle, you know, when you come out of a tough football season, four and eight, and and then all of a sudden basketball, which has had great expectations and should have, and you're thinking about winning a league or, you know, making a Final Four or competing for a national championship, there's high expectations, and it is a big-time program. A lot of money's put into it. Coach makes a lot of money. sits make a lot of money. It, we got incredible fans. There's not hardly three or four programs in America that could put... 20,000 or 19,000 in an arena per game and we can do that and so it's a special place and so there was great expectations and then boom you lose to Greensboro and then you lose two or three of the Bahamas and then this team didn't show the the fight that we wanted to see we wanted to see them fighting we wanted to see them punching we wanted to see them clawing and it wasn't that they weren't playing hard but we needed it even harder and so that win that last 7.8 saved that it 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 this team has a chance to get hot and put some wins together. And if we lose that game, season wasn't over. We still might get hot. We might get hot at the end of January or middle of February and still make a run. So I don't remember what that guy's name was on, that, on the on the hotline there from Southeast Georgia. But a quick story on that, Rick. The, 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 the saving bombshell happened the day, I mean, like three hours before we played Georgia. So I go to the game, and that's all the talk. Everybody in that basketball oh, arena was talking about Dick Saber. Yeah. And it, it's a big deal down there. It's a big deal. They were all talking about it. And as I'm leaving, I'm throwing radio stuff together, and Chuck and I were getting ready to go catch the bus because we're flying to Gainesville that night, and we're hustling. And a lot of the crew that works there, a lot of people that are there up in the stands cleaning, right behind where we were, they'd already started the cleanup. And uh, they were talking about who Alabama was going to hire. As I'm putting the stuff up, and Chuck's there. I said... Hey, I hope you guys get a good football coach here. And they were all like, "What?" And I was like, "I mean, he worked for Kirby. Worked for Coach Saban. <laughs> the, the word among the league is he's really he's really thinking about leaving because Alabama's gonna pay more money. Sabin's gonna get, Kirby's leaving. And I just made that up. And they <laughs> got so stirred has. up. Oh, they were so stirred up, and I I was probably there another three or four minutes, but when I was walking out of the arena, they were still arguing about Kirby would never leave. One of them said, an older guy said, Kirby played here. He would never leave here. He would never take another job. But I I wanted to stir him up a little bit, but obviously he wasn't going to go to Alabama. But, you know, it's crazy, Rick. I mean, you know, three, four, five years ago, everyone thought, it was Dabo, It'd be Dabo. Whenever that day came, and yeah, his name wasn't even brought up. Not even no. he was never even a candidate. Never even brought up.
2: Not after no. uh, I mean, his their programs slipped a little bit the last couple of years, yeah. and he's yeah. been a not an ardent NIL guy at all. Not that yeah. any coach is, but he hadn't. Yeah. Even the coaches that can't stand it are using it, and he wasn't using it very much, and that's probably uh, the yeah. reason why. No, I think Curtis yeah. March probably at the his last job in college
3: football. In his last job. Yeah. Hey, yeah. before we change on that, Rick, I wanted to tell you, ask you this: that, You know, uh, we all think about stuff if we were in this position or that position. I'm telling you by the A. D. at Alabama. I think this, I think Coach Saban was really borderline on this deal. I'm Mister. I'm sur- you know just listening to what Coach Saban's been saying. I think he yeah. was borderline on it, and he pulled the trigger. And that happened last week, Wednesday. Today's Thursday, idiot Alabama. I still wouldn't have had. I still wouldn't have a head football coach yet, because the portal's closed right now. Unless you know it's a coaching change, and I would have. I would have slow played that, just in case, for a couple weeks, just in case he decided to come back.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Maybe we'll discuss that a little bit when we come back. Matt Zimmerman's not all about basketball because he is, and we'll congratulate you. He's the Sportscaster of the Year in the state of Arkansas, so I want to know more than basketball. Back in a moment.
5: Justin Akery and Wes Moore are on location Friday at the 42nd Annual Arkansas Marine Expo. Arkansas's premier boat show this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Statehouse Convention Center in Woodrock. Ski boats, bass boats, wakeboard boats, party barges are all on display and at discount show prices. Win a new Sea-Doo Spark courtesy of BRP, Bradford Marine and HCV, and the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. It's The Zone on location Friday at the Arkansas Marine Expo at the Statehouse Convention Center.
0: Jersey Boys, Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons coming to the theater at Simmons Bank Arena Saturday night, January 27th Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. Tickets are now on sale at Ticketmaster.com Don't miss Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons The Last Encores Tour from 111 Productions and Danny Zalisco Presents
6: Hi folks, it's Chris Zender here at Frank Fletcher Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram in Sherwood. When you're in the market for a new Dodge Chrysler Jeep or Ram, we hope you give us a chance to earn your business. Here's some things to consider. Fletcher Dodge has been a family owned dealer here in Sherwood for over 25 years. We know how to take care of our customers to keep them coming back. Every Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram dealer pays the same price for their vehicles, it's the dealer that makes the difference. We'll give you the best deal up front. No haggling, no arguing. We make it easy to buy a new vehicle. And we'll pay you more for your trade-in. Compare our deal to anybody's and you'll buy from us. Come see us today for the deal of a lifetime on new Dodge Chrysler Jeep or Ram. At Frank Fletcher Dodge, you always get the best price, the lowest finance rate, and more for your trade. And we promise you a hassle-free buying experience. We want to be your dealer for life. Shop Fletcher Dodge and Sherwood before you buy anywhere else. Just tell us what you're looking for and we'll make you a deal. Come see us in person at Fletcher Dodge on Warden Road and Sherwood or shop online at FletcherDeals.com.
0: Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare
5: provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey, guys. Did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 95% cheaper and you can get it online? Go to Hymns.com slash joy. Through hymns, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, and the process is 100% online. To start your free online visit, go to Hymns.com slash joy. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y.
0: Now, back to Drive Time Sports, live from the Eat My Catfish studios. Eat fresh, eat local, eat my catfish. You've got Drive Time Sports locked in on the Buzz Radio Network. Here is Randy Rainwater.
2: Randy's not with us today. Rick Schaefer in Northwest Arkansas. We've got Matt Zimmerman on with us for another segment here. If you'd like to call us, it's 501-661-1037. Damon will have to alert me. For some reason, I cannot get access to the call board today. Uh, But, Matt, congratulations. That came out of the blue. Did you have any idea that you were going to be named Sportscaster of the Year?
3: No, I really didn't. Um, I was surprised uh, maybe December when they uh, did these finalists, because I don't even know how that had happened and i've remembered like just years past if somebody won it you know i didn't really know what it was but if it was like last year it was a list of orange i just sent her a text congratulations but never even thought anything of, about it you know of what it what that was so i was very honored to be a, a finalist for it and then uh to win it I, when they when they called me from this national sports media associate, i was like wow and so that, that was nice of them and uh but, yeah it was there's a lot more deserving of me and then there's uh, there so many good people in Arkansas Rick I mean you and Chuck and Quinn and I know Chuck uh, is wanted and Phil Elson and you know Steve Sullivan and all the people at the buzz and and I don't know what the criteria is if you have to be working with it well I guess not listen wanted it last year she's on news or
2: TV so
3: I don't know yeah TV but it was it was really nice and uh, and, I, and I appreciated that so it
2: was nice. Well, it's got to be more than just doing basketball commentary and, and and more than. We'd love to say that the Buzz helped you, but uh do you think Yeah, definitely
3: daily, these, did.
2: But you think these daily podcasts you're doing with Quinn that that had to be involved in the decision, don't you think?
3: I I, do, I don't know, um, cuz I'm not sure how you know how they figured out who to win that, but maybe I'm sure it didn't help. Um I do know when I talked to the guy uh, that was there that that called me about it, you know, he said that he disliked just liked all the stuff I did. So that was kind of yeah. the only thing that that he didn't and they they do they do a uh i think they do some sort of a maybe some sort of vote but i don't know who all votes i don't know if that's arkansas media i've never voted on on that so i'm not sure all all the details but i'm sure i'll learn a little bit more back because i didn't even know until they called me a couple of days ago you know so it, it was nice and uh it, it's, it's a nice honor at first i was more like well i'm not a I'm not know i'm not really a sports media i am though you know we are but yeah. sometimes i have fought that uh
6: you know, when I work at the
3: foundation, I do all my stuff. I still consider myself a coach. I'm not coaching, so I'm like, well, I'm not really media, but I am media. It comes down to it. And for us, it's different. It's been, it was different when you were here because you were always tied into the team. You worked at the University of Arkansas, you know, so you never feel like you're like true media, like a – because true media, you know, is neutral kind of, and then they, they, they cover teams, and, you know, we're obviously not neutral.
2: Not at all. Well, you mentioned, yeah. uh, again, since you're the Sportscaster of the Year, you can talk about other subjects. Were you, were you and Chuck, were you surprised when that Nick Saban uh, retired? And, and I understand what you're yeah. saying. Evidently, he made the decision five minutes before a team meeting. Yeah. Now, he'd been going back and forth, and right. he, he made the decision five minutes before a team meeting. And just to show you how ridiculously fast things get out, he was in that meeting and at, at 401. I guess he told the team, and at 402, it was out there.
3: Is that that's right?
2: Amazing. Yeah. Oh, because that day on the show, again, we started 405, and yeah. it was out there right as we were coming on the air. That's how fast got things get out these days. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And that's five o'clock down there where we were, and uh, we were going to the arena about in a couple hours. We were getting ready. I was in the hotel getting organized and getting ready to leave to go to the game at Georgia, and it hit and it was just, it was such a shocking news, but not to question their AD, but there's no way I'd have hired somebody in two days. Um, I would have waited. I would have waited to, I'm sure they'd had a lot of conversation, and I was telling that to a friend of mine, and he's like, well, maybe they'd already had that two-week period or so. You know, he may have, but I don't think so, because they just gotten beat out a week before that, January 1st, they got beat out. So I think I would have given him time to change his mind, and I wouldn't do that for a most coach, 99% of coaches, you move on, you got to go get somebody quick and you got to get working. But Alabama's different and he's different because of what he has done. And I think he's worth waiting on. I think I would have been interviewing candidates and talking to candidates and candidates. I think I'd have been calling him every day and you would change your mind. And uh, he might have changed his mind, but we'll never know. And uh, good luck to, to their new coach. But it's good. for me, I think it's good for, for us because. Hey, they beat us seventeen in a row,
1: and uh, it, it,
3: it, it, uh, I'm just being honest. They have smacked us seventeen. I know there's there maybe four or five of them close, but some of them weren't. There was a lot of fifty-two to threes, and and so that's good for Arkansas. Hey, we'll take our chances with whoever comes in Alabama now. Nick Saban, uh, more than likely, was going to beat us, uh, and he, he did. He did it seventeen out of seventeen times. That that's incredible. Yeah.
2: Well, they went, uh, Bear Bryant's last game was 1981, Saban's first one was 2007, so that's 26 years, won one national championship in between, and had four or five coaches. Uh, And the one national championship was under Gene Stallings, who was an old Bama guy, and he was in his 60s when he got there. So um, it's not like whoever walks in there immediately wins all the time. No. Let's hope you're right. I think probably everybody in the SEC is uh, glad that that he's no longer to coach. But it also shows you, no matter what you do, no matter how important you are, you are, no matter how successful you are, there is a time. That's right. That it's all over. So it's
3: yeah, it, it, it is. and That's well said. It's it's going to come to an end. Period. It, it did for John Wooden, and it did for Bill Belichick, and yes. those guys are all the best in in their sport, you know. And it it, it ended. And, it, you know, it did for Coach Broyles here and, you know, in 1994. It didn't seem like there was an end to Coach Richardson and the magic and the winning, but there was an That's end. Right. And, that, and, and that win can come pretty quick. But Saban, with those, lo- those so few losses, Rick at Alabama, hey, it's uh, the next guy's not going to make it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. no matter how that, good he is. You're right, no matter how well, good he is. well, It's very unusual when they lose two. In a year, can yeah. you imagine taking that over? And this <laughs> SEC is tough. It is tough. Yeah. It is tough. And, Nobody's so, going to feel
2: sorry for him. Yeah. Nobody's going to say, "Oh, we need to keep no. Alabama good." Nobody's
3: going to say that. No, yeah. no. And as soon as he and he'll probably lose three next year at some point. And 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 then it's it's, it's on for him when he, when he loses that third game or even the second game. They're going to be all over him, and it it it's, uh, wish him the best. Uh, he's making a whole lot of money, so he's going to be fine. But uh, uh it, it, you follow that guy, it's hard to follow that guy. You know, even Stan Heath, he had those two really bad years under Coach Rishon, but then he got him better, and he yeah. got better the third year. He's better the fourth year. They made three straight NCAA tournaments. They weren't going far, and, you know, they had a lot of guys coming back, but who he followed, it caught up to him, yeah. you know, and, and they got him, and, and that's just the way it is.
2: It reminds me of, you were uh, in Florida last Saturday, and it reminds me of what Alabama suffered after Bryant and Alice Saban, and now they're down to, you're right, they're bound to sink a little bit. You know, think about Florida. They had Steve Spurrier, who won a national championship, and then they got Urban Meyer. He came in and won a national championship, but since then, Florida, which has all the resources that anybody else does and has the great recruiting base. I mean, there are plenty of football players in Florida. They yeah. haven't exactly been knocking anybody's uh, socks off lately, no. and no. Uh, and and I understand. I haven't really looked closely at the schedules yet in the SEC, but I think they have the toughest schedule in the in the nation next year, coming off five and seven. Oh, so their schedule's brutal. Yeah, so that's no, not good for Billy good, neighbors. Yeah. No, no, it's brutal. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough profession. So, okay, so yeah. let's go back to the Razorbacks. Was that the turning point? Or was that just a band-aid on the bleeding?
3: Well, you know I'm all in here, so I, we, we got to look <laughs> at it like like it's a turning point. I do yeah. think that it's easy to say this after the fact, game's over. We all know what happened. Not that we couldn't have won a lot of. I think we would have beaten South Carolina uh, if we had lost, but we had some. We would have had a lot more doubt in our head, and we would have been zero and four. That's not pretty, and not only would it have been that, it would have been we were up 34-14 to 14 at home and we lost and we led the whole game except for the last 7.8. So I think there was a lot of really negative if Tremont Mark doesn't make that shot. Um, and so luckily that is not even a worry. We ain't got to worry about that, and that's a good thing. And Razorback fans are so good at and our whole, the whole thing, whether it's inside the athletic department, the fan base, of the media, whatever, when, when the, when the hogs win, there, there's, there's hope and there's, there's the future and there's good feelings. And we're going to turn this. And I think that's what we're experiencing right now. Uh, South Carolina won't be easy. Um, but if we can find a way to win and beat them on Saturday, which I would think Arkansas would you no know, now you got a winning streak. You've got two and you had the Ole miss and Ole miss did not look good, uh, last night and lost at LSU and they struggled. And so it won't be easy, you know, but we, uh, coach has done a good job he's won a couple times in Oxford and so uh, you know you hopefully can feel like you can get on a roll and then you come back to Bud Walton again and you got the Wildcats coming in here on on Saturday the 27th so the A&M game just opened the door for so much more possibilities and we got to get the net our net's got to go up that way if we can get in the tournament which we I think we will that we can get you know hopefully we're not a 10 seed hopefully we've won a bunch of games. And, and moved up. That'll help our
2: chances to make another run. A 10 seed is better than a no seed. It is okay. at this yes, point right. Right, with a record of 10 and 7, if they get in the yeah. tournament, right now it's unlikely, but if they get in the tournament, that'll be just fine. South that's Carolina right. on the other hand is 14 and 3. Is that the result of a softer schedule mm-hmm. or, or or what how did they how did they get to 14 wins in 17 games?
3: Well, I love what uh, Lamont Parish did. They had a tougher schedule. Like Frank Martin used to play people pretty good, and and he, so he inherited part of a non-conference schedule done by Frank Martin and his longtime scheduling guy Andy Ascoli. And and Andy, they would play people pretty good in their non-conference. And so Lamont inherited that. They did not have a good. They were you know decent in non-conference, not great, but they they lost ten of their first eleven in the SEC. They were really bad in the SEC. And, you know, remember, they played us close. We we had a struggle. Uh, they came back, and they had the last possession, I think, to tie the game, to get it to overtime. And they missed. They had that good freshman, G.G. Jackson, who's now yeah. gone, and they had Mickey Johnson. And, yeah. luckily, I mean, we, we did not beat them by much. It was a dogfight, and we luckily won the game there. But Lamont Parrish was smart. Scheduled down. And they always play Clemson. They, they're going to do that. And uh, they kind of have to do that. But the The rest of their non-conference was was quite a bit of, you know, uh, stuff like, you know, they played upstate and Grand Canyon and folks like Charleston Southern and Elon and Florida A&M. But, you know, they they did have a good win. I thought a pretty good win over Virginia Tech, and they beat DePaul. Notre Dame's down, but they did beat Notre Dame. So that's kind of how they built their record. But they went to Alabama, and I watched this game, and they lost 74-47 to on the road at Alabama. And that was their first real big road game. They, they played East Carolina early in the year at East Carolina. But first conference road game, they got beat by almost 30. And so they did go to Missouri. Missouri's down right now. But they went to Missouri and won in overtime. And so they did get a road win there. But a big loss for them uh, the other night. They lost to Georgia at home. I think that South Carolina's got some questions, but they do have a good record.
2: Okay, that's Matt Zimmerman. You're welcome to give us a call. He's got one more segment with We've us. We've got one caller
3: six. standing by after the break.
2: The Mizzou Maniac is in Conway for you. Oh, the Mizzou Maniac. Man I like that call. I know who that is. Oh, Mr. Platt. There you go. Yep. All right. Well, we'll be back to talk to him right after this. Listen for Birthday
5: Trivia in the Zone, brought to you by Elia's Mexican Grill in Moralton. Elia has a new bean bar that comes with cornbread, and it's complimentary with your entree.
6: It's trade-in time at Guatney Chevrolet. Kick off the new year in style and comfort with a 2024 Chevy Equinox. Yours for just $23,999 with a qualifying trade-in. Or the iconic Chevy Silverado. Snag it for under $48,000 with your trade-in. Visit GuatneyChevrolet.com or stop by and see us at 1301 TP White Drive in Jacksonville to learn more. We'll see you soon. Chevrolet, together let's drive.
4: It's time for the 42nd Annual Arkansas Marine Expo, Arkansas's premier boat show. This Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the State House Convention Center in Little Rock. Ski boats, bass boats, wake and surf boats, party barges, all on display and at discount show prices. And you can win a new $11,000 dollars sea doo Spark Personal Watercraft, courtesy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Bradford Marine and ATV, and BRP. $10 for adults, children 12 and under, free. Don't miss Arkansas's premier boat show. This Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Statehouse Convention Center in Little Rock.
6: RJ Hawk here with Chris Roberts from Southern Bank. And Chris, I know interest rates are high right now. That's what everybody's talking about. But if you're thinking about a project, whether it be a commercial project or you want to build a house, now's the time to come talk to you about what those future plans may look like. You know, RJ, no matter
0: what the business environment may be, we're always there to sit down with our customers and talk about their future plans and what's going on with their businesses.
6: And that's one thing about Southern Bank is they're a community bank. They want to be your partner. Partnering with our customers is a key to how we do business. And Chris, you know, we talk about those interest rates being high, but the one good news out of that is deposit rates. We have some great CD and checking account rates. Just give us a call and see what one of our personal bankers can do for you. If you want more information about interest rates or those deposit rates that we just talked about, call Chris and his team today at 501-424-0900 or go online at bankwithsouthern.com. Southern Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This year, we considered hiring an ad agency to help with our marketing
1: pitched impressive visuals and a script that was inspiring
6: and exotic animal mascots to help grab your attention
1: in the end we just decided to tell it to you straight shelter insurance has award-winning customer
6: service at affordable rates plus our local agents are there to help you understand what coverage you need. See shelter agent Monica Reiners in North Little Rock, Larissa Kelly in Bryant, or Chris Allen in Stuttgart.
5: Parents, this Saturday at the Statehouse Convention Center, it's the National School Choice Week Info Fair. 10 to 2 Saturday with free entertainment and snacks. Register at littlerockschoolfair.com. Saturday at the Statehouse Convention Center, the National School Choice Info Fair. Listen for Champs and Chumps, Fridays during the Zone. Brought to you by Rowdy Hog Pickleball, the only dedicated... Pickleball store in the state. Located in the outlets of Little Rock next to H&M. Rowdy Hog Pickleball, your one-stop shop to pickleball success. I
7: love it here in Arkansas. It's a great place to live and work, to raise a family. you got beautiful scenery, tons to do outdoors, and we love our sports. Arkansas is just a great place. It's one of the things I like most about First Security Bank. They started years ago right here in Arkansas. Now, after 80 years of growth, First Security is still only in Arkansas. That means reinvest in people and businesses right here at home. They have local roots, and they're proud of them. I don't know about you, but that means something to me. At First Security, you bank with professionals who know what they're doing. They also know you and your community. So whether you need a personal or business checking account, a credit card, help with a loan, or just want to ask someone a question, First Security is your home for friendly local support. Stop by one of their 70 convenient locations or check them out online at fsbank.com. First Security Bank, only in Arkansas. Remember, FDIC, equal housing lender.
0: Welcome back to Drive Time Sports, live from the Eat My Catfish studios, where it's much like any of the seven Eat My Catfish locations, minus the always fresh, delicious food options like the family-packed catfish dinners. You're safe at home with Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports, where before
2: we visit with Matt Zimmerman some more, we've got Neil from Saracen on the line. So, Neil, it's a Thursday night. Regular season's over, so there's no NFL game. What's hot tonight at Saracen?
4: Well, you would, would you think it was a slow sports day? I mean, would you say that?
2: Well, I, I don't know if that. I would.
4: Well, it's never slow well, for I'm you. Looking. guys. No, it's not. I'm you know, to tip off tonight alone, a hundred and four NCAA men's basketball games. A hundred and four games is wow. on the menu tonight. Wow. And the neat thing about that is is it looks like we've got six Arkansas teams, mainly from the Great American Conference, in play tonight with uh, Oklahoma Baptist versus Arkansas Minnesota at five o'clock and uh check those out you got six arkansas teams in action tonight on college basketball wow. so uh, we've got that and then people are of course are looking forward to the divisional round uh this weekend uh, i think a lot of people have all eyes on the kansas city chiefs versus the buffalo bills that seems by that those, by, like? by us, odds. you know that one right there that that one's the uh, got a two and a half point line uh on that one right there um and uh, the Bills are favored by two-and-a-half. Of course, this is the first time I think Mahomes is having to go on the road
2: that's right. uh, in
4: a playoff game. So yeah. we've got that. The other games on Saturday, both of those games, uh, Houston at Baltimore and Green Bay at San Francisco, both of those lines have the home favored at uh, nine-and-a-half points. So, uh, you know, that that's going to – I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see how that, that, that pans out. That makes me nervous as a bookmaker because when the, you have a heavy favorites in the divisional round um, – you know, anything can happen on a, on a football field. But uh, mm-hmm. this weekend has me nervous because the players didn't do so well last week. Uh, they, may, they may have one on us this week because of just the way uh, with all the dogs winning last week.
2: So Green Bay did so well at Dallas. How can they be a 9.5-point underdog at San Francisco?
4: Yeah, that's what it is, 9.5-point favorite. So, I mean, that's the consensus line. The over and under is 50. Uh, probably has to do with, you know, San Francisco having a week off. And, uh, you know, being at San Francisco, that, that throws about three points in there uh, for home field advantage in the playoffs. So uh, that's a little bit to do with it. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's the consensus.
2: Okay. You got an early line on Arkansas and South Carolina?
4: No, that one probably. I hope to have it out before uh, before our, our, our spot tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow. Uh, that's about what time they're released, so I will put that out. But of course, we'll get the double R specials up probably before that.
2: Okay. Well, Neil, thanks a lot for all those college games tonight. I'm sure you're happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's Neil with Saracen. Thank you very much, Neil. Okay. So, Matt Zimmerman can't wait to talk to the Missouri Maniac. Missouri Maniac, you're on the air. Thanks for calling.
1: Hey, guys. How you, how you doing?
2: Super. How about you?
1: Well,. I'm doing great. It's Mizzou Maniac.
2: Oh Mizzou, excuse <laughs> me. Okay. I yeah.
1: Get it. Hey, I got a, I got a few I figured something out about the Hogs the other night and I want y'all's opinion, perspective on it. Okay. See if I'm if I'm too far off, but you know, I I with Joe Klein, he, you know, every time he gets on, you know, I, I kinda compare with him, you know, Mizzou Mizzou's ball club with the Hogs and Mizzou, um we tend to this year we're doing uh, we tend to are doing le- we're doing more with less, okay We're a good team, but we we just don't have the talent. The hogs, they've got the talent, they should be in the top ten, and they're doing way less with so much more talent, okay so I wanted to run that by you all, but but also the one thing I figured out watching the hogs the other night is, you know, I'm old school. Okay, in 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 posture, in posture of your ball club, uh, the attitude. You know, let's let's grab the the lunch pail. Let's 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 go to work. Let's play defense. Let's play hard nosed. And I watched Davenport shoot a corner shot, planked it off the side of the backboard, and then two trips down. He comes down and hits a three, and he's pointing to the crowd. He's pointing to his veins. <clears throat> Okay, and then you got L. Ellis, who does a running layup, makes a layup. He's, you know, pointing to his arm, pointing to the crowd. These guys are acting like this is an all-star game, okay? You're, you're two games from 500, okay? And what does Brazil do, okay? Oh, I'm going to dye my hair red and have a pom-pom on the side of my head. It it doesn't seem like the focus and the the the, the posture of this team is very tough, and, and it seems almost undisciplined. I've not seen this from from past Hog teams. You didn't see it from Anthony Black. You didn't see it from Amude, Jalen Williams. They didn't do this. You know what I mean? So um, the toughness. I mean, Brazil. He's he's become just. I don't know what's up with that dude. But I, I want y'all to comment on all this and, and kind of my yeah. perspective. It's just they, they just seem like kind of not with it from a posture and a toughness standpoint. Thanks, guys.
2: Okay, thanks for calling. All right, you want to address that, Matt?
3: Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I'm old school too, so it it took time to kind of adjust, even back to, you know, when Coach got here, you know, he he is going to give them freedom to do some things, whether it's freedom in offense or freedom to express themselves, and a lot of that's good, especially with today's era kids, so there are a lot of, you know, But we had it, too, at the times, You know, I I remember Darryl Macon let a comeback back at Vanderbilt. You know, he he kept making a shot, and he kept putting the ice in his veins. That's the first time I'd ever seen was Darryl Macon. Little Rock, you know, so we like, quit doing that. You know, just play. (laughs) We're trying to press. Get up on the press. (laughs) You know, but uh, Arkansas don't press. All you got to do is get back. But the other, there are, and, you know, and and we've had, we've seen that uh, the, the last few years, more and more, but you see more and more of it. In college basketball watch games and you see people doing it from all these teams and the thing now in college basketball what people like to do is they if they get any kind of inside bucket or a physical bucket they like to as they're going down the floor put put their hand down like like they're petting, petting a little child or petting a dog you know kind of like this guy's too small to guard me that's the that's that's the new thing this year and then of course the eyes in the veins or the make a good pass and you know put the goggles and put your eyes around your eyes that's not just we do it, we definitely do it, but there's a lot of teams that do it. I, I saw a Kentucky guy doing that the other night when they beat Mississippi State. So kids are different and they wanna express and so now if you're pressing and trying to do stuff, you, you really can't do that. You gotta get in the press. And so we were always battling that type of stuff. Don't I remember us getting on Mar Wade, he'd get Mostert with arms after he hit a three pointer, like hey, we're trying to press. You gotta get right into the press. So you know, coaches across the country are kind of battling that. And some, I think Coach Musselman, he, he, he has his battles and he fights. He's not going to fight that. He is not going to fight that. He's going to let that kind of stuff go because he doesn't think it really impacts the game in a negative way. That's why some of that happens. As far as the color of the hair, stuff, I sure don't have it.
6: Yeah. We have yeah. another caller that wants to okay. deal in here. This is okay. Casey from Desarc.
2: Do it quick, Casey. Got about a minute for the break. Hi, Casey.
1: Hey, Rick. Um, yeah, guys, I'm. I'm just. I listen to this show every day, all day long, every day. Thank but I'm you. stressed out about. I mean, how can we beat Purdue and Duke and and even Texas A&M and then just just barely beat Liscomb and all these other teams? I mean, and lose to some other teams that we should never lose to. I mean, it really don't yeah. make
3: any sense how you can beat Purdue and Duke Let's
2: see how, and then we'll just see fall off. Matt's got about 37. He's got less than that. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I'll go
3: right real set. quick. they has been an inconsistent team. I think it's a team that they have not been together. Um, they've been together since June, but they don't have a lot of time on the court together. They've been very inconsistent. I think we have some guys that are used to scoring a lot. You're so inconsistent. How so you now they to be a part the news? team. It's taking time. Yeah, that's yep.
7: true.
2: I I got well, it. Yep, didn't I have much question.
7: time to be
2: Purdue do. Hey, we'll we'll address that with Trey Biddy too when we come back uh, after this break. Matt, thanks a lot. Congratulations, Thank you Rick. On the big honor. Go get South Carolina. That's Thank Matt you. Zimmerman. Okay, bye bye. Trey Biddy will be with us when we return on Drive Time Sports. Tune
5: in to Out of Bounds each Monday for Reaction Monday brought to you by Fleet Management Services. Serving Central Arkansas for over 20 years, they're your small to mid-sized fleet specialists. Fleet Management Services is looking for a maintenance tech. Oil changes, tires, general maintenance. 100% paid health insurance. Match 401K. Paid holidays. Paid vacation. The right